Hey, it's the Cogent Code podcast. That right there lets you know that it's something on a different level because most of you need to understand and define cogent. What does that mean? Well, you're going to get in this conversation right here. The title of this episode is Democracy Hypocrisy. We're experiencing one of the most anxious times in history. And to make matters even worse, one of the most divided elections in recent history with no clear consensus of what in the heck is going on with why people, and particularly those along racial and ethnic lines, are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum on who they voted for. This episode is a reflection on what a democracy is and or should be, and whether or not we actually have one in the United States. As you listen, we want you to think about your experiences in the U.S. democracy, how we push democracy around the world, and what needs to change for the betterment of our people here and there. So in the Urban Dictionary, democracy was defined as a form of government where the leader is chosen by popularity rather than their ability to run a country. When it works, uh, it, it can be a good thing, but it doesn't always work well. And while as this week has gone by, um, and we're, we're recording this at the tail end of uh, the week in which uh, President-elect Biden was chosen, we are exhausted by all of the events that are continuing to go on and the resistance by uh, the president, the current president, and not wanting to concede to the uh, results that we have from this election cycle. So let's get into the conversation. Um, so, Akil, what do, what are your feelings? What are your general general feelings about what what is going on in America today? You know, it, it's it's so interesting because, and I, I know there's it's a key time for us to be talking about this because we've um, you know at 47, you know, if you do the math, I've been voting in this country since 18. And I've never, and I've talked to people who are much older than me even, uh, never seen anything like this. We have, you know, situation where, you know, the, the current president tried to demean and demolish the, uh, the sanctity of, of voting in the United States before the election even happened, uh, before any vote was cast. He did it during the votes. Uh, he took other divisive actions um during the you know after millions of people had already voted and then you know and then voting day came and went and you know we saw the numbers run up we had an unprecedented number of vote and participation across the country for both sides you know i mean uh 75 plus million for joe biden and even 71 million for uh donald trump and we'll talk about that 71 million uh, because even that number is crazy to me with everything that we know now. So just kind of just general feelings on the election. This has been, a um, you said it before, an incredibly exhausting experience. Uh, I've had to uh, literally pull myself off of CNN and MSNBC and even off of Fox News uh, a little bit because I like to try and get a balanced, a balanced view, um, even some of the international stuff. And so it's been a... Phew, it's been a, it, it, it's, you know, I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. You know, um, as the listeners may or may not know, I, uh, I, I am a seeker of information, but I no longer watch the news, uh, anymore, um, on a daily basis. I think that it causes me to feel a little bit anxious about what's going on and whether or not 
um, the news is uh, accurately presenting the facts, depending on what outlet it is and who's the controlling party of that outlet. Um, What a lot of people don't know is uh, of the major networks, a lot of them are owned by the same parent company. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a varied view, like they've decided to give you, if it's a liberal view, some of them are um, really to the left, some are leaning moderate, and they are owned a lot of times by the same parent company, the same with the conservative views, same type of thing. So you're just getting a little version, a twist on the same version. And, and, and that's one thing. The other thing that I think is interesting about the news and kind of this election cycle is um, social media played a big part in, in helping to be a little bit divisive, right. With people's views, I think people's beliefs and, people even really caring about what the truth is anymore. Right. Um, and it was, a, it's a little bit, um, I think concerning to me and just in general that the, um, that our process is being questioned in this, in this way. Um, and I also think it's really, really odd that the fact that we're in a pandemic where social distancing um, and the numbers of the cases of coronaviruses keeps going up, increasing across the board in all places, right? I think the fact that there's a question about how people voted and it's really being called into question as though there's something abnormal about the way people voted under a pandemic is super odd. And it's like people are really you know, holding on to like, well, why are we mailing in ballots? Well, do you want to die of coronavirus? Like, I don't, it's like not commute computing to me. Why? Well, the other thing, yeah. The, but the other thing about that though, is that they act like it, this is a new practice. We've yeah. been doing mail-in voting since, I don't know what the sixties or maybe even before that. I mean, I don't know in the date, but I know that it's been decades that we've, we've been doing mailing ballots, whether they be absentee or be mail-in ballots. Some some states only do mail-in ballots, and they've been doing it for decades. And so it's it's you know this whole kind of premise that this new way of voting you know is corrupt and there's and fraudulent is bull because it's it just it you know it's it's it hasn't changed. We've been doing this, and you know I, I find it really interesting because I saw a bunch of clips um, in 2016, right? And so all of these same people that are, you know, uh, staunch supporters of Trump and are talking about how, you know, and and this whole movement, you know, don't let, you know, stop the steal. I think their their hashtag is. Um, And these are these are elected officials in the whole nine that are, you know, backing him on this. These are the same voices that in 2016 were saying, F your feelings to the people that were crying because Hillary didn't win. Right. And yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. And people were saying that, you know, that, you know, we need to do these recounts and, you know, this is really, you know, because the margins were even smaller in 2016 than they are now. And so, you know, all these people are, are, you know, were get over it. You guys, you know, you're bad losers and all stop whining, cry baby, this and all this other stuff are now like, Oh, we're we're trying to save the democracy and we're trying to say, get out of here, man. Yeah, but I think something that is really alarming to me is 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 why we call this episode uh democracy hypocrisy is because 
we have seen some of this flip-flopping with the different parties, right? As they're not winning, right? It, when they're you're crying wolf where you're you're not winning, right? right? And in our episode voting, um, uh, is it a right or a privilege? We talked mm-hmm. about mail-in ballots, right? And this was before the election even happened, right? Weeks and weeks ago. And I bring up a, a, a fact um, that, and I don't remember the exact number, but out of the 14.6 billion ba- ballots that have ever been cashed via mail, they've only found 376 about, I think, um, right. suspicious, what they called suspicious votes, which they end up throwing out. And what's a little bit odd and striking is one, at first, it was like when he was winning, which everybody, I, I just want to put this fact up here. There was proof that on the day, election day, more Trump supporters voted in person. That's right. That was their chosen. He told them of, to. Well, but regardless, yeah. regardless of, say if you don't, you're not, a, you don't think you're mind controlled by that situation. Right. That's fine. You showed up and you voted on election day. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when you're votes get counted first, right? right? And then after that, the mail-in ballots get counted unless you are in a state in which the Secretary of State stated that you could count mail-in votes prior to election day. So in some states, there was a practice of counting mail-in votes as they came in. And in some states, there was a practice of not counting mail-in votes until the day of the election, which would mean those votes were counted second, not first. Right. So it was very natural that the results from the exit polls of the people who actually physically showed up were going to reflect what whoever supporters were there on the day. Right. And that is why we saw a margin of Trump really ahead in the early hours of the election, even going into the night before. That's right. And then in Pennsylvania, for instance, was it was a state where you could not start counting the ballots until that day. Mm-hmm. Um, was Georgia a state like that where you could only start counting the mail-in ballots then or? I think know? so. I think so. Okay. I'm not positive, but I, I think that they didn't start and they didn't start. Uh, it was the same type of situation. You know, like you said, they were, they were, you know, very high numbers, you know, it was very red. And then the other ballots started to get counted and it flipped. Um, so, so yeah. I think the good point is that democratic voters tend to, tended to vote by mail-in. And even prior to this election, that was already st- still a trend, right, right? Right. They tended to vote as a, a mail-in scenario versus um, uh, Republican voters tend to vote in person. That's just before the pandemic right. played an added factor. And now we have the pandemic. The thing is, is as the votes started to be tallied and people were like, stop counting, I was like, are you guys crazy? This exactly. is supposed to be I mean, what if some of those votes you're saying to stop counting are going to help your candidate or whatnot? Why would you want to as and I'm going to get into whether or not we're really a democracy, but Mm -hmm. why would you want to stop counting people's votes? It's you're basically nullifying your own rights when you say something like that, which is so bizarre. Right. Well, and, and and, you know, and some of those votes are for you. Exactly. So, so it didn't, it didn't make, yeah, it didn't make, uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to do that, except for the fact that, you know, in any kind of, you know, desperation move, you take your ball away 
after you won, after you, after you put, you know, you, you, you made a, made a basket, right? I mean, so you, you, you scored some points, you're up, the game is far from over, but you take, you, you, you want to end the game and, and walk away from it while you're up. I mean, that's, that's exactly what was happening. I mean, and, well, and I mean, people were telling him that, you know, we have, you know, don't get excited. You haven't won. Don't get excited. Well, he declared, he declared victory <laughs> that night before any, everything was counted. And then the military votes, let's go there. The military oh my gosh. are the, the last ones to vote. Exactly. So some of those are being called in questions because in the battleground states, the only states he actually cares about, which is odd because if you think there's widespread voter fraud, is it only happening in the the five states that were battleground states, or right. what? Right. It, it should be that you're you're worried about this. But what I will say is, the um, suspicion around election and election interference was not started by the Trump campaign. It actually was started before that the 2016 election um there was interference that they had found uh russian interference right that they Mm -hmm. had found um which caused suspicion in our voting practices so what i will say is that he didn't start the fire right he but he's using that um suspicion right and some of the reporting that's happened um because of that in a way to twist it right and i find that yeah, but he's not using voter voter interference at all. He's not speaking to older. He's talking That's about true. voter fraud, which he's blaming on the left and the and and the Democrats. That's true. But what I'm saying is there was already suspicion right, of, right. around voting right. in general that was caused in 2016 before he was even president. That's right. Because I don't want to be totally one sided on one side or the other. That suspicion was already that seed was already planted even though it was something else right right and now it's become a problem also we stated in the other episode that he did set up a committee to investigate that lasted for eight months to investigate voter fraud it was actually to investigate interference and fraud right and it was disbanded eight months later because they found no zero no widespread voter fraud in any way, shape, or form. And that was his own commission. And so they disbanded the commission. Right. Now you're coming back uh, three years later, three years and some change later, mm-hmm. or a couple of years later, and claiming there is something that you didn't find. I mean, I, I just, it's just, it's a little bit concerning to me. And then what's more concerning to me is that the other Republicans in the party are not standing up to him. Because this can really take down our whole government system if we start to really let it take legs. Absolutely. And, you know, and if there was ever a time, you know, going back to the the total number. So if you if you do the math on, you know, 75 million votes for uh, Biden and, you know, 71 million votes for Trump. Those are unprecedented numbers in just voting generally, voting period. And, you know, we've always grown up, you know, with this whole premise that every vote counts, your vote counts. That's why everybody should be voting. And, you know, for a lot of years, many of us have have felt disenfranchised by vote because of the electoral college and because the fact that, you know, we've seen so many times where the popular vote was not, did not elect the president, right? Or did not elect, you know, these, these, uh, these officials. And so, you know, now where the popular vote and the electoral college 
the math did the same thing as far as electing uh, Joe Biden. Um, you know, people I think people are feeling on one side, feeling like finally my vote counted, you know, um, and yeah, I think on yeah. the other side they're you know, they're they're feeling that whole kind of sting of, you know, this is what happens when everybody votes and oh, no. You know, I think I heard I think I heard uh, was it was it um, McConnell or maybe even Lindsey Graham say that um, if if everybody votes the way they did this time, there'll never be another Republican in the presidency. And that's because of the demographics. Um, Well, well, no, I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that statement. What what I will say is this. It was a fear mongering statement, of course. Of course. Of course it is. But but here's the deal. We don't actually live in a pure democracy in the United States at the federal level. So what we live in is a democratic republic or what they call a a, a constitutional um, democracy, meaning that at the federal level, we have uh, representatives that um, are are elected to control um, or are appointed to control the vote, right? And that's why in some cases you see that states that are smaller and have smaller populations, they have electoral college votes, right? right? right, right. They're lo- they're lower in count based on, on population, although some people feel like it, sh- it should change over time as the population changes, oh, but... Yeah. But but they they have the the right in some of those states to really have the power. And that's why in states where Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, right, and yeah, Michigan was one that they were right. worried about originally. And then you had Pennsylvania. All of those places were places that were really watched, but they don't have the highest population out of mm-hmm. any other state. But they did have electoral college votes to contribute, right? That's right. Democrats tend to win on the coast yeah. always, right? Except for and Florida. then, you, well, yeah, <laughs> Florida is a whole other animal. And then you have you you have the Midwest that tends to be uh, right. a Republican uh, mm-hmm. controlled for for the most part. And now you have these states where populations are moving right to the state in high numbers, Nevada, Georgia, and it, it and it is changing the demographics. So I think what what Lindsay is playing on is the fear that the browner and more diverse the country gets, yep. the more likely that they will vote Democrat. But one of the things that is interesting is is that I think that that is not true and i and there's there's reasons why some of the some of what we saw happen this time show that that might not end up being true mm-hmm. um and i think that it's kind of wrong to think that people of color were all going to vote the same right i don't think that didn't. that's the case. we didn't yeah we didn't um so 90 97% of african american females voted for biden on exit polls. And by the way, exit polls are polls that are taken on election day from people that voted at that time. The mail-in ballots are absentee ballots. They do via phone. And some of the things that they had predicted before this election was that it was going to be a blowout by Biden. Mm-hmm. But it but it was not. It was not. Yeah, exactly. This, hence why we're sitting here talking about this today. 
Right. And and I think that the, the thing after the election, and I don't usually say my political views, but the thing that saddened me after the election is that um, the country is so divided. Yeah. Like, in a, some states, it was very clear what was going down. Like, it was right. like a 60-30-something, you know, type of 60-something, 30-something mm-hmm. split. And then some states, it was like a full like a point or yeah. two or even maybe 49 a, 49 or or yeah 0.6 versus 0.3 or something like that um that's exactly i mean it, it's it's so wait 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 one more I, okay point. go ahead go ahead go and ahead. then some people voted where they split their vote right mm-hmm. so they ended up voting for maybe biden mm-hmm. but all of the representatives they voted for were republicans so they decided to control their votes by making the Senate or the House look a certain way, right. right, for a check and balance, and then having the president be whoever they chose. Mm-hmm. So that's also a very interesting spin on it because um, it's telling us things, and I really hope we listen because we should have listened with Hillary Clinton. We should have listened yep. to what exactly was going on because that she also won the po- popular vote by almost 3 million votes, right? And that that if you look back and on on some of the states like he he, Trump was able to take from from what used to be Democratic Mm -hmm. controlled states, like basically um, this time Biden was able to take it, but only slightly. Right. And so what is going on with America where we are this divided and what are the issues that are really making us feel a certain kind of way about things. So that's, I, I think we got to get into that, but go ahead. I think you had a thought you wanted to add. No, I, I can shift to that. I think that, um, you know, it, it's, it's a trip because, you know, obviously every single year, whether it, you made a point about the validity of the information that we receive through the news channels, through social media, however it comes. Um, but I think that every single year uh, technology and the accessibility of information has been, has increased. And so, um, so whether it it's, it's misinformation or actual factual, uh, information, um, we're still inundated. And so people are, uh, you know, more informed than they've ever been. And so what's interesting to me is that even though, um, this is where the kind of culture politics has, you know, taken over and we have, you know, we, we don't have people often, voting for their own interests, which is something that I've been, you know, observing. Um, and that's where the culture politics comes in. You know, you, you, you really want to dislike this person. You really want to be against this person, um, less about their policies and more about them as a human being. And, and so that people vote in that direction, um, good, bad, or ugly. I know that a lot of people didn't vote for Trump not necessarily because of his policies or even some of the things, but just the kind of person they feel like he is. A lot of people didn't vote for Biden for some of those same reasons. But, um, you know, this is the thing. So you have people that are, you know, not voting for Biden because they, you know, because Biden is is saying that he's going to raise taxes, but he's raising taxes on people that make $400,000 or more. But the people that are they're screaming against his tax plan make like twenty five thousand dollars a year. Well, well, so. let's be 
so so there's there's oh, so many things to understand. I know, but, I know, I know. But I do think that some people in some brackets are idealistic about who they think they are as far as middle class mm-hmm. or upper middle class. And when the truth be told on your tax returns, you know how much you make or you don't make. But there is a fear that at some point they will be in that bracket. Right. Or that they belong to a group that they don't actually if if push came to shove, they might not actually belong to that group. Right. Right. I think that there's a layer of that. Secondly, I don't really get the idea that because companies or people who are rich pay their fair share in taxes Mm. that in some reason is socialism right it's not socialism i pay 38 percent exactly taxes and i have a state tax here in california what 10 percent nine to ten percent that is a lot of taxes to pay so i'm paying 38 percent at the federal level and an additional 10 percent potentially at the California state level, that's a lot of taxes to be paying. And that to me feels horrible. However, if I knew that some, and I don't make $400,000, let's just say, right, right. Um, but I, I, I make a good amount of money. So mm-hmm. if I got to a, pl- a place where I was making a lot more, mm-hmm. why is it that you want them to have the best tax attorneys the best ways to read the tax law and a way to get out of it. Because uh, frankly, I'm not sure that I should be paying that big of a tax burden myself, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to vote for a president because I only want to benefit myself and uh, to be damned. And that's the difference. But that's the difference. That's the difference is that, is that many of those people with that kind of mind or, or that kind of thinking, that's all it is. You know, we have one issue voters, you know, where, I, you know, I'm, I want to vote for, you know, I'm a gun owner. And so I'm going to vote against anybody who says anything about guns, right. Or, or, or limiting guns or limiting capacity of having guns or any of that kind of stuff. Although everything else they do is against my best interests. You know, I may be a gun owner. I only make, you know, um, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or $50,000 a year. I am on, I'm benefiting from the ACA, right? But I'm going to vote for the person that's against all of that stuff. You know, I I don't, it doesn't make much sense to me. Well, it it makes a lot of sense to me because people are not actually as woke as they think they are. So one one of the things I think is, is very interesting and even for you or I is that when it comes to the presidential ticket, Mm-hmm. Most people recognize who the candidates are and who the Democratic uh, candidate is and the Republican candidate and per- perhaps even the independent candidate. Right. Right. But when it goes down to your senators, you might recognize them if you've seen them in the Senate. You might not recognize them at all. Don't let it go down to judges because you don't even know who they are. It just says Democrat or business person or whatever. Right. And then right. you've got. You've got on top of that uh, propositions that are so confusing the way that they're written. You have to do a whole research project if you really care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that a lot of people don't take the time, and I don't want to insult anybody, but they're not taking the time to really understand exactly what they're voting for, other than what they recognize in a presidential ticket. Yeah. Right. And they may or may not know who their senators are, other than 
the ads that are running on TV and or things that have come in their mail. They don't know what their record really was other than what their team has put together on some nice little publication you're getting. My my fear is that as is it a population who votes, we're we're not really that informed. So it it doesn't strike me as odd that when you then have social media, which is your main form of information, Right. right? Potentially. If you are getting an algorithm mm-hmm. that figures out that you like articles that are pretty divisive, right. it's going to send you 10 or 15 more articles that are equally or more divisive because that's, right. that's how that algorithm works. So you're going to get more and more angry and more and more attached to whatever that right to bear arms issue is because you read an article about the fact that you like to uh, not have to conceal and carry. Right. 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 So now you have so like the the right to bear arms is going to be getting rid of if you vote a, a Democratic candidate in or or for the Republican side of it. It could be if you want to protect your future and your children's future, if you elect Joe, Joe Biden, he's against business. Right. right and so right. It, it's a scare tactic and it's fear mongering. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know. And it's interesting because so in this cycle and we can just, you know, keep it on the presidential level uh, yeah. and maybe even with some of the senators. But in this cycle, um, you know, a lot of that fear mongering on, you know, coming from the Democrats was was exactly about what we've experienced and what we've seen. Right. So it was about the fact that, you know, Trump has twenty nine 29 outstanding sexual assault or sexual, you know, cases right now that are active. It's about, you know, his his response to or his administration's response to the coronavirus and, and COVID-19 and the pandemic. It's about, you know, all these things that are actually we're living through right now. Uh, on the other hand, you know, the Republicans use the same scare tactics. But it was like you said, like, like, um, you know, Trump said, if he does not elected, you know, the day after election, the uh, stock market is going to crash to levels beyond the any the depression. Right. So that was supposed to happen as soon as they announced Biden being the president. Well, well it well, didn't it, happen. I want to pause there because Pfizer this last week um had a very promising vaccine that they're yes. saying that they have for the coronavirus, yes. 90% effective, right? Yep. And they only tested it at about 45,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. Across six countries. Mm-hmm. Um, President Trump made a claim that he is the reason that Pfizer has gotten to this point. And Pfizer then writes a statement that they did not receive any federal funding of any kind. Their funding came from another country and it was not actually under the war task force team, even uh, though yeah, President Trump tried yep. to take the war, the, the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fear lies for me, regardless of if it's Biden's administration or Trump's administration, do not lie about exactly. stuff like that. If you did not come up with it, do not take the good credit and the work that Pfizer's doing through another, another whole country funded. Right. I think it was Germany. Yeah. That right. gave the money f- to fund the speedy, you know, so don't lie about it. Don't take credit for it. This is not like if, if you were at work, let's just yeah. take it. 
If you were at work yeah. and you did it and you came up with a concept and somebody came into the conference room and was like, um, actually that's my da 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 and they walk out yeah. and get a promotion, you're gonna be hella mad, right? Hella mad. I'm gonna be ready to fight. So that but that's what I mean, but that's what we've been experiencing, right? I mean, we experienced it from the very beginning. The you know, um, what was inherited by this administration was a rising economy. What was inherited by this administration was a bounce back from the recession. What's been inherited was was they even were they even inherited a response to pandemics and from from what we learned about H one N one and Ebola and all the rest of that. The all those 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 agencies and all those those. Uh, Groups and collectives were all disbanded. <laughs> once I know, but once what, the, what, what, so but I, I, think, I think you and I are getting at the same core. But my thing that yeah, is, what we really need to get to is okay. There's a lot of lies going on, and people are actually believing it and right. saying right, it, that it's because of Trump this happened, or it's because of this administration this happened, and don't just like I said, are not woke enough to know the facts. Yeah, the problem I have with it is why is that okay? Yeah. Why have well, we made it okay to lie and to do things that are outrageous? And and also I have to and I'm sorry, religious people, but I also don't get why everything that the Bible teaches you in all your commandments. And believe me, I was a Bible girl. I went to Sunday school. Right. I was a thumper. I did all of that. So <laughs> I I'm not speaking from a place of I don't I've never been to church or I've never mm-hmm. read the Bible from front to back. I've read the entire Bible from front to back. Right. The thing is, is you and I know that the things that they're like, they're standing up for or, or excusing, I'll say excusing. If they went in front of the, the God with with lies and this and that, that would be sinning. Yeah. And, and if, I feel like they're like, oh, well, you know what? He doesn't really mean that. Or if they lie, it's okay. Like, why is it excuses for that? But you know that that's not supposed to be okay in your religious belief, but then you believe in the one thing, like my, I'm, I'm doing better than four years ago. So right. therefore I'm going to vote. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, and, and, you know, um, some of our iconic folks, um, Rick James was one of them, um, oh, talked Lord. about, talked about something being a hell of a drug, right? Well, fear is a hell of a drug, right? It is. Fear yes, is a yes. hell of a drug. And I don't think that we've ever seen it. And, 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 you know, to your, your credit, and I'll give you credit about keeping us balanced here, but I don't think we've ever seen it on either side to the levels that we see it now. Um, I know that a lot of, you know, me pushing people to vote out there had a lot to do with fear and the fact that if we didn't get out and pe- and every single person that I know voted, then, you know, we put ourselves in a position that 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 210, 200, 300, 2000 votes, whatever small number that might have been, could have been the deciding factor on which way we went. Right. And on the other end, you know, I feared discounts or 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 pushes aside intelligence you know you were just talking about you know how how you know we have all this information you know we have you know you have your religious backing you have all these other stuff all these other things but you know when you're when you have fear then you say stuff like you just said you know you say well you know he didn't really mean that or that's not you know all the way true or maybe that's just fake media or maybe this that and the other or you know all these different things i i I saw some things and some of them were even comedy, but 
some interviews of, you know, at the different um, Trump rallies and, you know, and, and he'd be asking them simple questions like, okay, so, so, you know, how, how, where do you, you know, how do you get your health care? Oh, I, you know, I get it through the, this, that, and the other. Um, but you're against the ACA, right? Oh yeah. I hate the ACA. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Right. Obamacare, this Obamacare, that, but you get your, your healthcare through this government program, that government program, this government program. Well, do you know that's the ACA? Right. So, I mean, it's like, there's so many things, but it's just anything to be about and against the opponent. And, you know, and, 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 you know, one thing about Trump who he's excellent at doing that and and stoking that, um, that fire in people to just abandon their whole, anything that, you know, really benefits them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you brought up the perfect thing about, you know, about the Christian side, you know, side of it. And, and, you know, but then let's be honest. I mean, the same Bible that you talk about justified slavery, the same Bible that we talk about, you know, people use to justify, you know, the most demonic and inhumane actis- actions that, you know, mankind has ever experienced, well, you know. I, I mean, I think it's a little, I mean, there's reference to it, but I think it's that stuff is a little debatable because I think that, yes, it was existing at the time that they, they say that the books were written. so. To me, I think it is in there and it's history, but it was happening at that time. And I mm-hmm. think it's the same thing for us is that the existence of what's happening at this time would rule the way that something would be written now if, if you right. believe that it was written at that time. So but but I but but here's the deal. I, I just I hope we return to some semblance of of decency under a different administration and and if that administration if if trump had termed out and it ended up being a republican that got elected there had been republicans in the past that i may not have agreed with one thing or another but i was just fine with them being the president that's bush both bushes in in some way although the second bush i had moments where i was like is that book upside down like what's going on right (laughs) but but you know, um, there there are other past Republican presidents. I didn't have any real deep fear or feelings that we were all going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I kind yeah. of felt like, oh, well, that was probably a faux pas or we shouldn't have done that. Or they could have signed on to a policy that, in effect, including President Obama, which the yeah. some of his immigration policies, people feel like in, in theory, it might have seemed like a good idea. But in practice, it did do damage right. that was That's unknown. Right. So I don't want it to seem like every president is just because they're Democratic or Republican, they're right. stellar or they don't make a misstep. I mean, mm-hmm. you're ruling and governing, you know, all of these states and in some territories. Right. And you're trying to make decisions on a, a massive level. But the president has some power in executive orders, but they don't mm-hmm. actually make the law. Right. And I think where the responsibility needs to go back to is the Senate and the, the Congress. Congress. Yep. And I feel like the president, it gets blames for everything, although they're the leader, mm-hmm. but we really need to start to hold those other folks responsible for the decisions that they make that actually are impacting us on a wider scale. That's so right. let's talk a little bit about the Senate races that are, you have a, you're living in Georgia. So this is. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in this, um, we're, we are going to be um, we're going to have a runoff election in January. 
Um, mm-hmm. And if if it goes um, to if it goes to John Ossoff, so the, so let me just just put it out there. So we have two we have two races going on um, that could literally flip the Senate blue. Um, one is is Democrat John Ossoff is um, is against the Republican David Perdue, who is the incumbent, and the other one is Raphael Warnock, who is a Democrat, and then Kelly Loeffler, who is the incumbent Republican. And those races you talked about earlier, how slight those, how close those. You have to in Georgia, you have to have over fifty percent, I think, or fifty-one percent of the vote in order for it not to be a runoff. And so both of those races were under 50% for each candidate. And so here we are. Um, and just for those who are listening and need to know that voting date, that, that runoff election date is January 5th. So everybody should be uh, with the same fervor and the same, um, you know, drive should be getting out to vote in Georgia for those. Um, there's a couple of other dates and I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, talk because about I think actual, you have to request for mail in ballot. Yeah, so let me just kind of right yeah, now. Let me give you all of it real quick before we get back into the into the conversation. So uh, Georgia Senate runoff dates, November 5th, begin requesting absentee ballots. Yes. December 7th, deadline for voter registration. That's December 7th. December 14th, Early voting begins. And as we know, and just and earlier in this conversation, um, you know, how that early voting impacted this uh, this uh, presidential election. And then January 5th is Election Day. So if you are in Georgia, um, the entire state of Georgia, if you are a Georgia resident and you are in another state, um, you need to make sure that your absentee ballots, your vote by mail, your any of that is being taken care of by those dates. So. Well, that's the message for that. But um, but yeah. So so I think on that point, one thing I, I want to clear up, too, is this claim that in Nevada, there's a big claim that people um, voted that don't actually live in the state. Right. And people voted that were dead. So here here's the deal, guys. I have a son who goes to school in San Francisco. However, he happens to be home. Right. 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 He has the right, although he would still be a California voter, he has the, he doesn't have to he mail in if he came home and he wanted to vote mail in from here, he could do that. And that would be just fine. There would be no he's actually a resident of San Diego. He's not a resident of San Francisco, even mm-hmm. though he goes to school there part time. That is the same for people who go to school out of state. Your permanent residency could be a different state and you are right. paying just so we're clear if you go and you haven't lived there a year you have to pay fees that you don't live in That's that right. state. you're an out-of-state resident so let's be clear people can go to school somewhere else and vote in the state they actually live they can still be a registered voter in the state they actually live it's not fraud to do that Right. We for those of you who went to school, you know this has happened because when you apply for your license in California, you also can apply for your right to vote. Your address there isn't necessarily where you go to school. Right. Right? So, that's one. Number 2, people who are dead, there are verification processes that they go through like Thank signatures. You. 
that you they have their every state is uh, the secretary of state is making the rules around voting. We talked about this mm-hmm. in the other ca- you know podcast before we knew the results. That's right. And and they have verification processes. Now, do they make a mistake here and there? Yeah, but even in the other challenges, Bush v. Gore, mm-hmm. there was a challenge there, and in some states where Hillary and Trump were very close. Within 1%, there was recounting of votes, as That's there right. is currently. I'm not saying that President Trump does not have the right to challenge or want to recount. Other presidents, Democrats, Republican alike, have done that. Absolutely. That is fine. What I'm having a little bit of a problem with, with democracy in general, and he and, and by the way, guys, he does not have to concede. That is a made-up right. rule out of right. respect. If he just leaves office, that's all good, too. <laughs> You do not have to concede. So everybody waiting for him to accept the loss. I don't even care if he never accepts it. Right. Go ahead and put an asterisk by his name and says. Actually, it might be funner to watch if he never accepts it. I think what he's going to do is he's (laughs) I personally think that he doesn't want to lose and he doesn't want the loss just like he didn't want the impeachment. So I think he's going to go to Mar-a-Lago around Christmas time and never come back, not show up to the inauguration not turn over any documents if he loses these court cases. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. That's, that's pretty, that, that that's probably pretty dead on. I think that, um, you know, but he still loses face if he does that. So I think that eventually he's going to begrudgingly um, not concede. I don't think he'll ever say those words. He'll never say he lost. He'll always say that he'll keep the same energy and say that it was it's always, you know, it's it, stolen. He was stolen from him um, that, you know, there's something fishy. There's something wrong. And by the way, I, I heard something the other day that he already has a multi hundred million dollar book deal and movie deal coming. So w- let's remember that I saw. And then I heard the other day something else about um, he may be running again in 2024. So. You know, he's not going to completely knock himself out of all of that, um, you know, all of that uh, publicity or or or, you know, potential notoriousness. Um, So I think that I think that he's going to eventually have to hand over the keys. He's going to do it begrudgingly. He's not going to ever say he lost. He's not going to ever say he lost fair and square, Um, but he's got to let the country move forward and he's going to go and and go about his, you know, go about his business. Um, I think Biden and Harris should be ready for the Trump, uh, um, you know, propaganda machine to be hitting them, you know, at least for the first couple of years, if not even more. I mean, it's going to, his Twitter is still going to be going wild. He's not going to, and it's going to be, and it's going to, we thought it was bad before. He's going to really be able to say whatever the heck he wants to say. Well, well let's just be honest. Before <laughs> he took office, he was saying things about uh, President Obama saying that oh, he yeah. was an American citizen. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that wanted to see his birth certificate. This is before he even got into office. So I don't expect anything less from, from this situation. But what I do want people, regardless of who you like or you didn't like, right. one Harris becoming the first black and Asian woman to ever hold an elective office that high is a benefit to women everywhere. Yep. Republican and, men. and Democratic and men, right? Yep. But people who have daughters, all of this. Absolutely. This is a, a moment that should be celebrated regardless because yep. once 
the barrier is broken. The door is open for every single woman to come into an opportunity after her. So hats off to her, regardless of, That's right. you know, for having the courage to, to put her life there out there for everyone to see and judge yeah. and, and, and make comments about that, that took courage and that, and, and also to want to take office at this time in history. Yeah. Who wants this kind of problem? Yeah, that's really that she wants all the smoke. And and the fact is is that the next stop is is the presidency. So, you know, we talk about, you know, fear earlier. That's also fear, right? So, um, you know, there's people and and it's and it's a trip, you know. I I am I'm head over heels. Um never been a super fan of her. Um, just because of some of the policies and some of the things that, um, you know, impact of some of the work that she's done, especially when she was, you know, uh, attorney general in, in California. But like you said, this 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 is monumentous. And um, and I think that that, you know, having daughters myself, I'm super excited about that glass ceiling being broken. Um but I, 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 I glad you always you, you make sure that you bring us back to the, the topic here. And we're talking about, you know, whether it be this person or that person uh, as the candidates or the people that are in the in the spotlight or in the seat. Um, democracy, period, you know, is, is something that is um, is supposed to be a cornerstone or a foundation, a building block of America. And it's one of those things that. We, you know, that that this country has gone all around the world to push and to 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 even at times force upon other countries um, as, you know, a practice and, and what it should be. And so I just wonder, um, you know, I think that that we have to um, whatever side you're on, we have to try to do everything we can to preserve that. Um, and, and build upon that and make it even, even better and, and actually be the definition of what democracy is supposed to be, because obviously it's not, um, we haven't reached that yet. Yeah. And you know what people, I just want to say, cause, um, if you haven't guessed, I, I am actually, I will say that, um, I, I, I'm a Democrat, right. But, but I have very conservative views and I've taken tests that will prove that I have. I'm a very moderate liberal right. type of person. Right. So I have conservative views and you'll see that I take us a little bit more right than, than Akil does sometimes. But, right. but the thing is, is that um, I do care about my economy. I do, I do care about my pocketbook. I do care about some conservative values. I, I think if you want to bear arms, okay, do it. Like I don't have those kind right. of things, to, but I do think that to your point, the scarier part is do not allow these influencers, whether it be social media, whether it be your friends around the coffee, they, please take the time to actually educate yourself, mm-hmm. do a little research and, and make sure that the source that you're getting the research from is a re- reputable source, not uh, a source that's meaning to divide you, but a source that's factual without a lot of the rhetoric. Because to me, I feel like if we don't do that, we are doomed, period, right. on both sides, right? And the fact that right now, after, the, you know, if if after any of the, the uh, legal challenges are quelled, because right. they will be, right. we have to accept the outcome and be gracious and good about accepting it and allow Joe Biden and Harris a chance 
to do exactly what we gave Trump a chance to do. That's in, right. Show up for us, right? Yeah. Or not. Right. 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 Whatever way it was, we got four years to decide, did it work out for us? And half of us decided it did. And half of us, more than half of us decided it did not work for us. Right. Right. And and if we don't do that, we are doomed in the democracy will become a hypocrisy. And it already is for the rest of the countries. The rest of the countries are looking at us like, yes, in the, yes. we used to be the leader in the free world. And now we look like a circus. Act. Yep. Yep. And they've and and it's been that's been the case. I think for me, um, going through this election process was very interesting because um, obviously it brought out real feelings and real uh, where people were, you know, stood on their on their ten toes for whatever they stood for, right? Um, and so there are friends of yours and mine um, who voted for Trump. And who who, you know, who vote down the Republican line, have voted down the Republican line their whole lives and will always do so. Um, I think that the thing for me is that if you do and and that's fine, um, then be able to tell me why. Right. And so some of the conversations that I've had that I've tried to have. Um, some of them I've even avoided because, you know, they might have ended some relationships, but um, of people that I care about. But um, but the bottom line is that, you know, be able to speak to why and not speak to why in a with a bunch of, um, you know, headlines that are untrue or a bunch of yeah a bunch of misinformation. I mean, come on, man, you, you know, be real about what be real about what it is, you know. Just like we're forced to be real about what it is. I just said, you know, um, there's some things that that Biden and Harris have each done individually, um, you know, throughout their careers that I am not a fan of, that I don't support. But I am supporting them in, you know, moving the country into a different thing. The other thing is, is that where I also have a real issue with people and their decision making around voting is if you make a decision, then it should be equally implemented, right? So if you're if you're a a right wing gun owner, right, and you're you're you know a huge gun you know Second Amendment supporter, you know NRA, you're a huge gun owner, then don't complain when I own a gun too, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> or don't Equal complain or don't yeah, yeah yeah. It has to all it has to be across the board, man. If you're if you're about a certain policy or you're about a certain thing that you feel like um, enhances your own life, then don't be mad when that same thing enhances mine. And and, I and think, you know, you know so, yeah, 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 I think that has to do right to what you said is who is weaponized in this country. It, it, if it's the people who have always had the weapons, typically every, uh, some people remain calm. If it's people who who they feel shouldn't have the weapons or right, right. they feel threatened by, then it's it's why do why are we allowing these these laws to be what they are? But I think one thing that um, coronavirus has has quelled, which it, we're we're not seeing a lot of mass shootings here in the United States, right? And that cannot be attributed to this administration. That is attributed to this pandemic. Without a and doubt, people people. Although I'm a little fearful that it could rise again for other reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but 
we haven't seen that same level of, of, of violence um, in that way, right? right? We're seeing it in other ways, right? It's definitely coming out in other ways. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to do is instead of in the, in this time where we have a, a some more quiet time under this virus until we're all able to either get a vaccine or we're all able to become immune, right? We need to really think about who do you really want to be at the end of the day. Do your morals align with kind of the conversations you're having? And, and listen, guys, it is unhealthy to have all your friends be Democrat or all your friends be Republican. It is not healthy. That is not healthy. It's not healthy for discourse. It's not healthy for your mind. You have to have opposing views in order to grow and learn. So cutting every single person off that has an opposing view from you, it's not smart. The thing, though, is people have to learn to agree to disagree with a level of respect and a level of openness that whatever the point is that actually resonates with you, you can hear it. Yeah, because what I'm seeing is such spiteful, like then the the night that Saturday night where people were partying in the streets, Mm -hmm. a bunch of my friends had posted the Statue of Liberty dead with a flag wrapped around her Mm -hmm. and blood. I don't know. I think he was holding her and it was like democracy is dead. Mm -hmm. I was like, because of. This person getting elected, come on, people. Yeah. Your local governments have more of an impact on your life, to be honest, just to be really honest, and what happens every day. However, your president does have an impact. But in four years, he's gone. Yes, you have a right to vote him out, just like we had a right to vote Trump out. So everybody just needs to accept the fact that if you don't like something, the beauty of a democracy is that you can change it. Right, right. But like we said, destroy it then you cannot change it. So do not destroy the very power you have because somebody is telling you that it is a lie. Right. Right. Um, and just that whole point is interesting. I watched a, um, a clip yesterday, actually this morning in preparation for this, and it was talking and it was a young, um, young white girl. Um, she probably was in her early twenties. Um, her parents, she said at through later on in the video were, uh, her dad was, I think, in his 70s and her mom was in her 60s. And um, and so they had this big argument. She recorded them. They had this big argument before the election. She was saying she's not going to vote. They were like, you have to and you have to vote for Trump and this, that and the other. And so they went to vote together. She comes out of the voting booth to the car to meet them. And she tells them, I voted for Biden. And they had a breakdown like lost, lost it. Turned out that they were telling her that now, you know, they're all going to be um, uh, peasants and slaves was what they kept saying. Um, You know, and democracy was dead to your point. And, and they kicked her out. She was disowned. She did. She kept it all on video. (laughs) But the, but the whole point is that. That that you know, like you said, like okay, so what happens four years from now? Is she still Are you, you know? Is she, yeah, is she, is she come, does again? she get to come back home? Like, I mean, uh, you know, are you guys, you know? But that's the that's the you know that's the 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 level of fear that has been you know well, run through this. And then you talk about the yeah. whole misinformation thing. You know, there's a couple things here. You know, one, you know, like you said, no one is going to be peasants and slaves. I mean, come on. 
you know, no one is going to lose, you know, it, it's, it, if we could have, if we could live through what we just lived through for four years and most of us are, you know, a lot of us, some of us are not alive, obviously because of the pandemic, but, and then other things, but, you know, if we are, if we are still here um, to try and make change and move things forward, then we'll be here again in four years to do the same thing. But listen, there is no reason you disown your blood because they I have family members that also voted for Trump. I have right. family members that voted for Trump and we get on a Zoom call yeah. every Sunday morning. And some of us who did not, we as soon as the other ones that get on that we know are Trump supporters, we stop talking about politics because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we are still blood and we are still family. And the beauty of being in America is that you have the right to believe whatever you want. That's and when right. you stop your family members or the people you love from believing something different, yeah. then to me, you're also diminishing the beauty of being an American, having the right to choose or have freedom because there are other countries where that is not the case, right? right. You could be persecuted and killed, killed. if you speak mm -hmm. out against, against the government. Mm. I mean, I went to Cuba and I'm going to tell you just a couple of years ago after Trump got into the office and I knew he was going to repeal some of the, the you know, yeah. the, uh, President Obama's allowances of the 12 reasons you could go to Cuba right. back to the three original reasons. So I went to Cuba like in the 30 days that you could before they closed it. Right. And they wanted to ask me about he just got elected and they had I mean. Cubans were like, hey, what, what's up with that? What, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. And I was like saying kind of what I thought. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what about your government? Right. What mm -hmm. about Castro? What about this? And they were like, hell no, I'm yeah. not saying a darn word. I yeah. can go to jail. Bye bye. No, yeah. we're not. We're not talking about that subject. So be excited that you're in a country that if you say something, it's not going to cost you severe consequences unless you act like an idiot and do action that is, could cost you, you know, your life or livelihood or whatnot. Yeah. But I do want to get to something before we, we get off. Cause we're, we're going to have to wrap in a, in a bit. Okay. Um, the, the, the young, younger people um, were more likely to vote for Biden than mm. Trump according mm. to the polling. Um, also 58% um, of white people voted for for Trump, um, so uh, amongst the people with college degrees, they tended to vote for Biden. The for people who were, did not have college degrees, they tended to vote for Trump. Mm -hmm. um, Eighty-seven percent of African Americans voted for Biden, and twelve percent voted for Trump. And we know that, like we said at the beginning of the program, ninety-seven percent of African American females voted for Biden, right. and that leaves only three percent of them voting for. Uh, Trump. Mm -hmm. For Latinos, 65% of Latinos voted for Biden and 32% voted for Trump. Asians, 61% for Biden, 34% for Trump. And other races, 55% for Biden and 41% for Trump. Pretty divided in, in, in certain <laughs> places. But the one thing that I did want to bring up here is that when you are running for any office, people of color amongst most groups aren't all we don't all believe the same that's right we don't all have the same political view we don't all come from the same country yep right so there are going to be nuances and i think it's i think what this election proved is that um 
from both parties, there has to be a better um, effort in some ways to recognize those differences Mm -hmm. and to make sure that you're hitting those voters um, with, with, with the right information and not based on like, I, I, there were, um, uh, amongst the Latino voters, uh, especially in Florida on the, uh, Hispanic, um, radio channels, there were a lot of ads that were run making it fearful of socialism and right. all of these other kind of right. things. You have to realize that the influence that the person has all the time is going to play on the fear that we all have, right? We yeah. all have fears about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that that's super important to mention because I think that some um, groups that were maybe traditionally not voters came out this time because there was something that made them want to vote yes. in this moment. Yes. And some of them were surprises, shocked Native Americans in Arizona, uh, Latinos in Arizona, Latinos in Nevada, yep. uh, African Americans and women in particular in Georgia, which yep. Atlanta and all of the suburbs around Atlanta, Stacey Abrams, which, you know, they, we talked about on our other um, yep. podcasts who didn't win the gubernatorial race, the gubernatorial, I guess they called it. Right. And by very slight margins, she got out there and she made sure. 800,000 plus. Yes. So please don't um, in the future discount the people who are, or have, if you have a right and you want to use it, we're going to show up, right? And and you need to address that and make sure that the issues that are important important to those communities are uh, also being heard and addressed. Yeah, and I think that one of the things, um, you know, as we as we close, that I noticed uh, as we just talk about this election, the vast the the majority of people that voted. Um, for Biden, I would say, and and just, I mean, voted, period, but definitely voted for Byron, Biden. Voted for him because we are in a, we're, we we need to bring, get back to, to a certain level of leadership. We need to get to a certain level of, you know, one thing about this whole last four years, I was embarrassed every single day by the president of the United States every single day for four years, right? So, you know, at the very basic level, I, I'm looking forward to, um, to leadership. I'm looking forward to a certain level, level of decorum. I'm looking forward to a certain level of decency in that position. I'm sort of looking for a certain level of intelligent conversation and intelligent speech and intelligent, you know, I'm looking for science. I'm looking for medical experts. I'm looking for climatologists. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for, and and that doesn't mean that, um, that it's all elite. I'm just, I'm looking for, you know, the, the recognition of the common man. Um, but I'm looking for it in a real way and a, and a, and a, in a sincere way and not in a pandering way, like we've seen, you know, I really truly believe. And I, and I feel bad a lot for a lot of those people who are kind of these staunch Trump um, supporters, because I don't think he feel he cares about y'all. I don't think that he cares about you guys on a level that you think he cares about you. And believe me, he is going to go um, to Mar-a-Lago 
or to his, you know, hundred different golf courses, and he's going to go on and live his life. And you're going to still be where you are, you know, and, and struggling and trying to figure out what the next step is. And, you know, and he's going to go into the sunset and, and be rich and, and do his thing if he's not in jail. But I, I, yeah, I think that power is intoxicating. And I think that anybody that goes for, uh, for certain positions has a little bit of that intoxication that they've been, uh, you know, uh, injected with. But I do think most of them want to, to do something for the greater good, or at least for their, their principles and morality. I hope that in the future that I hope that the cabinet, he fills it with both Republicans and Democrats, to be honest. Absolutely. Because I think that that's necessary to heal this country. Not just loyalists. Yes. It can't be you pick your your buddies, your best friends, your kids. It needs to be something that helps to bind the division that we're seeing in this country. If economy was of the utmost concern for white voters, then you need to have economists on your staff that understand where they're coming from. If the right to bear arms was super important to these voters, then you do need to have people in the room that have that perspective. If you always tell them to get out of the room, we're never going to come together. That's, that's one. I do hope we have the people who have spent their life studying these types of things uh, um, in the room and not discounted or discredited I do hope that we don't see career ending type of rhetoric. Uh, uh, you know, people have worked their whole lives to get to the point yes. that they got to. And I, I felt sad to see them crumble under uh, a tweet, yep. right. Or yep. under you're fired. Um, obviously they had book deals and other things, but it doesn't mean that they didn't want that position that they worked their whole life to get to. Yeah. And that made me sad. His lawyer, whether you liked him or not, like, Going through law school and passing that bar—that is—that is hard stuff. Yeah. You, there's sleepless nights. There's efforts there, and to have watch your whole career crumble under somebody's opinion because you didn't, you know, stand up for them. The firing of people who don't agree with people—like yeah. I really do not ever want to see that again with any. That's right. President, it needs to be somebody in the room has to tell you maybe you're wrong, sir. Yeah. Or or maybe you're wrong. Uh, miss miss president if right. that's where we that's get right. to right? that's right because that is the way we come to the middle and that's the way we govern we, right. you cannot govern one-sided because you are going to lose half the people yeah or more that's right exactly so this was a great conversation there's obviously we can make this into 10 different podcast episodes um and i'm sure as things go on we will continue to um discuss a lot of these type of topics um, just because that's the way we think, but thank you guys for joining us on today's uh, Coach and Code podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Thanks. See ya. What's